You're listening to Comedy Central. January 16, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. it. I like it. Uh, our guest tonight, here to talk about season two of Friends from College on Netflix, Keegan-Michael Key is joining us, everybody! <laughs> so exciting. Today on the show, uh, we've got the government shutdown, day 26. We've got Brexit, day 937. <laughs> and Louis Black is angry, day 4,762. <laughs> but before all that, let's catch up on today's headlines. Big, big news for the 2020 presidential election. The pool of Democratic candidates just got another step closer to infinity. Another candidate is joining the 2020 Democratic presidential race. New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand took the first step last night on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Well, I'm going to run for president of the United States because as a young mom, I'm gonna fight for other people's kids as hard as I would fight for my own which is why I believe that healthcare should be a right and not a privilege. Oh boy, this is so exciting. Another big name Democrat has joined the race and I'm, I'm really excited for Senator Gillibrand, right? She's got a really progressive platform. Uh, she's for universal healthcare, uh, campaign finance reform, paid family leave, and she proved all those haters wrong who said she would never run for president. I like that about her, yeah, yeah. Even if some of the best haters are yourself. That was a... Uh... <laughs> Powerful move there. And, and you know what, and as much as I love Senator Gillibrand, I, I did think it was a little weird that she said, as a young mom. Because at, at 52, she isn't old. <laughs> no, but she also isn't a young mom. Like, I feel like she just said that to appeal to young mom voters, but, but it's still weird. It would be like if Bernie came out, he was like, as a person of color, I'm announcing my run for president of the United States. And you'd be like, what, person of color? He'd be like, that's right, pinkish gray is a color. <laughs> And by the way, you know when Bernie announces he's running, it won't be on like a hip show like Colbert, right? He's gonna do it on an old people's show like Wheel of Fortune. He'll be like, <laughs> Pat Vanna, too many people in this country can't afford to buy a vow. <laughs> Moving on, YouTube is the place where we go to watch people hurt themselves on video. And I mean, that's basically why we invented cameras, right? The first movie was Thomas Edison trying to skate down a railing and hitting his nuts. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> But now, YouTube wants to put a stop to all of it. YouTube is trying to save people from themselves by banning videos that encourage dangerous activities that could result in physical harm. The decision comes amid reports of injuries sustained by people doing the Bird Box Challenge, inspired by the hit movie. Okay, no. No, I'm, I'm sorry, no. Censorship is a slippery slope, all right? You can't ban these videos. It's like the old saying goes, first they came for the bird box challenge and I said nothing because my mouth was full of Tide Pods. All right. <laughs> and by the way, YouTube, if you wanna ban dangerous things on your platform, why not start with all those pro-Nazi videos, all right? Or at the very least, make the Nazis do the stupid challenges. Yeah, you can support Hitler as long as you set yourself on fire. Then we all win. <laughs> I like that. 
Moving on. Since Jeff Sessions was fired and returned to his home at the end of the rainbow, the United <laughs> States has been in need of a new attorney general. And yesterday, President Trump's nominee, William Barr, sat in front of senators to say how excited he was for the job. And now to the fight over William Barr, the president's pick for attorney general. He was on the hot seat on Capitol Hill yesterday for the start of his confirmation hearings. A number of my colleagues on both sides have asked, and I'll bet you'll hear more, questions along the line of what would be your breaking point? Doesn't that give you some pause as you embark on this journey? Uh, it might give me pause if I was 45 or 50 years old, <laughs> but it doesn't give me pause right now because uh, I, I, had, I had a very good life. I had a very good life? <laughs> Damn, that's, that's a weird pitch. Because it sounds like he's saying, I might as well work for Trump since I'm basically already dead. I mean, <laughs> it's all over now. <laughs> oh, moving on to other hiring news, Mike Pence's wife, Karen, or mother, as she's called during their BDSM late night kink sessions, <laughs> has just announced that she's going back to work. Vice President Mike Pence's wife is headed back to the classroom. Karen Pence, who was a teacher for a number of years in Indiana, also in Northern Virginia, while her husband was in Congress, will be teaching at the Emanuel Christian School in Springfield. This job does not come without controversy. The school bans gay and transgender students from attending. The school also makes job candidates sign a pledge that they won't condone homosexual activity. I'm sorry, what? No gay kids allowed? How is that a school policy? Like, did they just have an assembly one day where the principal was like, listen up, at this school we pound pussy, am I clear? <laughs> Hands up. Who in here is interested in the spring musical? Trick question, you're out, you're out, you're out. You're out, you're all out. I'm not gonna lie, I think it's crazy that if you want to discriminate against anyone in America, all you have to do is say, oh, it's because of my religion, I'm not discriminating. Like, I wanna try that. I wanna just be like, no short people allowed at my shows because uh, I want all my friends to be close to Jesus and you couldn't be further away. <laughs> all right, let's move on to our main story. <laughs> the longest government shutdown in American history is still going. It is now day 26 and the effects continue to pile up. The Coast Guard isn't getting paid, imports aren't getting through customs, and things have gotten so desperate that the Pentagon has been downgraded to a square. <laughs> and while we've known from the start that one of the shutdown's worst effects is that 800,000 government workers would not be getting a paycheck, we're now learning that all of America is about to lose a lot of cash. The longest government shutdown in U.S. history now, mm -hmm. day 26. The White House team of economists now says it's twice as bad for the economy as they had predicted. On Wall Street, concern the shutdown ripple effect could soon damage the U.S. economy. Jamie Dimon, the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, warning first quarter economic growth for the entire country could be wiped out if the shutdown continues through March. Wow. The shutdown could wipe out an entire quarter of GDP growth. That is, that's a pretty dire warning coming from Wall Street. And you'd think Trump would pay attention to that because he loves Wall Street, right? He thinks that's where you get the wall. <laughs> it's gonna show up like, hello, I'm here to buy a wall. <laughs> like, sir, you, you, you can't buy a wall here. He's like, oh, my bad, Mexico's here to buy a wall. <laughs> so obviously things are not going well for America right now. 
which is awkward for President Trump because his big State of the Union speech is less than two weeks away. Although today, Nancy Pelosi suggested that maybe now is not a good time. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi has sent a letter to President Trump asking to move the day of the State of the Union address, citing security concerns. Pelosi writes, sadly, given the security concerns, unless government reopens this week, I suggest we work together to determine another suitable date after government has reopened for this address, or for you to consider delivering your State of the Union address in writing to Congress on January 29th. That's right. Not only is the State of the Union uncertain, the state of the State of the Union is uncertain. <laughs> and Nancy Pelosi, she's kind of right. It is tough to convince people that the State of the Union is strong when you have to give the speech by candlelight because the government hasn't paid its bills. <laughs> Trump's just gonna be sitting there like, closer, Mitch, closer, close, not too close. I swear to God, if you burn my weave, bitch. <laughs> but I, I personally hope they can fix this soon because Trump delivering the State of the Union in writing would be a disaster, okay? I mean, this is the same guy who tweeted the word hamburgers yesterday. <laughs> Like, if Trump writes his speech down, he's gonna end up declaring that the State of the Union is schlong. It's not gonna be... not gonna work out. And plus, if, if he doesn't do the speech out loud, we'd all miss out on all the weird physical stuff that he does, you know? <laughs> unless... unless... unless he writes that into the speech, too. Then it would work. If he was like, we need to pull out of Syria, sniff for eight seconds, <laughs> and we need to kick out illegal immigrants, finger gun, bouncy ball, finger gun, draw the blinds, bring it home with the accordion, folks. Bring it home. And now... And now, if you're thinking to yourself, America's in chaos right now. Well, I'm here to tell you it's nothing compared to what's happening in the UK. Because two and a half years after the British voted to leave the EU, they still haven't determined how they're leaving, what they'll do with their trade, and how their borders are going to work. My proposal, build a wall. Anyway, <laughs> Britain only has until March to figure out what they're gonna do with Brexit. Yesterday, Prime Minister Theresa May introduced her plan to Parliament, and, uh, let's just put it this way. Like a week old blood pudding, it did not go down well. Tonight, America's closest ally in chaos after the British Parliament overwhelmingly rejected Prime Minister Theresa May's divorce deal with Europe. Some MPs made big sacrifices to be there. A heavily pregnant Labour MP, Tulip Sadiq, was wheeled through the division lobbies. She postponed her caesarean section to take part in the vote. The result itself confirmed the predictions and the government's worst fears. The to the right, 202, the nose, God damn, that guy's louder than his tie. <laughs> He's, he probably gets home from work and his wife's like, honey, how was your day? He's like, it was fine! The place is so crazy. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the pregnant woman gave birth and her baby came out like, wah! I said wah! So, Theresa May spent two years crafting a plan to make Brexit work. And yesterday, her parliament trashed it. And when I say trashed it, I mean trashed it. She lost by 230 votes, the worst defeat in British history. And look, I, I sympathize with Prime Minister May. I mean, she's in a tough position. You know, the left side of parliament doesn't even want Brexit, and the right side thinks that Theresa May should be going even further. 
So she's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Or as they say in Britain, holly solid if you do, kitchen knickers in the golly pump if you don't. <laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> because, because here's the thing, here's the thing, right? If, if Britain leaves the European Union without a deal, the consequences could be disastrous. Uh, the economy could be destroyed, the country could suffer medicine shortages, and supermarkets could run out of food. At this point, Britain's only hope is that somehow Theresa May can get, like, two rabidly opposed sides of her country to come together around a coherent Brexit plan. But, but based on how British people are disagreeing with each other in the streets, I don't know if that's gonna happen. Britain has got the technology, the ability, we've got the people to rebuild. We don't need Europe. Totally disagree with that. If you actually look at Wales, it amazes me that the people in the valleys who are getting more from the uh, EU than anybody else actually voted to come out. I can't... It's like Turkey's voting for Christmas, as far don't as the valleys are concerned. from the valleys, Turkeys. I'm a valley boy. I'm just I saying... I brought them bread up did, in the industry, did, in the mining industry. Did I call them I no, didn't call... I said like, like Turkey's Turkey's Exactly. Thank you. So that's a comparison. Thank you. Total comparison. <laughs> Yo, that is... That is, that is the most British street beef I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> a fight over figures of speech. That, that's a simile, that's a sim Actually, it's a metaphor. What did you say? What did you say? World star, if you please. <laughs> so as of right now, America's government is shut down and there's trash on the streets. The UK's government is in turmoil and soon they may not have food. And Africa is watching all of this like, ha ha, who's laughing now, huh? <laughs> We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to The Daily Show. When a new story falls through the cracks, Lewis Black catches it for a segment we call Back in Black. means new laws are going into effect all across the country. Think of them as America's New Year's resolutions. But unlike our personal resolutions, they're meant to last a little longer than the first time we pass a cheesecake factory. <laughs> so let's take a look at some of the new laws debuting in 2019. In New Hampshire, you must be at least 16 years old now in order to get married, but that's as long as you have parental consent. Until now, girls could get married at 13 and boys at 14. Oh, no! New Hampshire is raising the marriage age from 13 to 16. Won't somebody think of R. Kelly? <laughs> but I'm... But I'm glad they're raising the age! Unbelievable. No one is mature enough to make a long-term commitment at age 13. I know your bar mitzvah says you're a man, but that's just bullshit made up to get you an Xbox money. <laughs> Teenagers should not get married. 13, 16, it doesn't matter. You still can't drink. And drinking is the only way to get through a marriage. <laughs> It turns out that early marriage isn't the worst thing that can happen to kids in America. In Ohio, they've got a new law that's a whole different kind of torture. In the age of tweets and texts, the state of Ohio is going retro. Students there will now be required to learn how to write in cursive by the end of the fifth grade. What's wrong with you, Ohio? 
The only phrase anyone should learn in cursive is, why the f am I writing in cursive? There's no time I've been reading something and thought, I wish this was harder to read. And fancy. Plus, it's the computer age. We type everything. Kids don't need to learn cursive unless they're going to go back in time and write letters during the Civil War. Dearest Margaret, I'm 13. Why am I here? But while Ohio is punishing its citizens, Vermont's new laws are making it rain. Vermont will begin paying people to move there up to $10,000 over two years for people employed by out-of-state companies who are willing to work in Vermont remotely from a home office or a cooperative workspace. We have a demographic problem in this state. We need more people. All right, Vermont. I'm going to tell you the same thing I told my aunt when I saw her OK Cupid page. Quit acting so thirsty. Seriously, you're offering 10 grand to live in Vermont? If the state has to pay you money to live in it, that's a good sign I don't want to live in that state. What good is $10,000 in Vermont? That place is so dull, I'll have to spend the 10 grand on cocaine just to liven things up. If I wanted to go someplace cold and empty, I could look in a mirror. But why should humans have all the fun? Why can't these new laws mess around with animals' lives, too? In California, as of January 1st, pets are now legally considered part of the family in divorces, not just property. Judges can assign sole or joint custody based on the best interest of the pet. Wow! This is beyond stupid! How do you determine the best interest of the pet? What if it's a weasel or a tarantula? Even if it's a dog, you're just going to have two lawyers at opposite sides of the courtroom calling its name, and the winner will be whoever touched sausages that morning. I say if we're going to treat pets like children of a divorce, let's not half-ass it. We should really treat them like children of a divorce. I'm sorry, Whiskers. Cleaning your litter box drove Mommy and Daddy apart, and the guilt will probably drive you to the pole. But look, I know I'm always angry, but my own New Year's resolution is to try to find some good somewhere. So there's one new law that I can really get behind. Washington State cracks down on people who misrepresent companion or emotional support pets as trained service animals. It's no longer just dogs and cats. Some planes have become modern-day Noah's Arks. Ducks, pigs, barrets, hedgehogs, kangaroos, even peacocks, all flying the increasingly furry skies. Finally, this emotional support animal thing has gone too far. Nobody needs an emotional support animal. I don't have an emotional support animal. And look at me. I've never been happier! Let's face it, this was always a scam. Last week, my flight attendant had to explain why an anaconda was slithering over my crotch. Oh, it's a service snake. Good. Then have it strangle that screaming baby. <laughs> Trevor? Lewis Black, everyone. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Daily Show.
My guest tonight is an Emmy Award-winning actor, writer, and producer who currently stars in the Netflix series Friends from College. Keegan-Michael Key! <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. I what's, really... What's, what's, go, what's going on here? Oh, I just thought I'd just take it up a notch for this particular visit. <laughs> I don't... I don't know how I feel about this. Like, normally when you come to the show... You look nice normally, but uh -huh. you, you normally dress like, like, you know, street casual... Yeah, like... typically I do that. What's the concern, Trevor? This is just like... <laughs> I don't know, this is sort of like, I'm trying to, like, steal the job of the Daily Show host look type thing. I, what? Are you kidding me? I'm looking at myself in the... Oh, oh, now I see it. Because, like, oh, no, how did, how did that happen? <laughs> like, I'm just stirring up a rumor. I'm, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the show. It's good to be back. Uh, Happy first to be things here. first, congratulations, season two. Yes, of That's Fred exciting. Yeah. Yes, very, very exciting. Very exciting. Let me, let me ask you this, let me ask you this. Like, this, this is a show about, uh, like, a group of friends who are the most abnormal, normal people you can come across, right? Like, everyone's cheating on each other, people getting divorced, people are getting married, people... Yeah. But season one was basically about, like, infidelity and, like, people being shitty. Yeah, season one was just, uh, just like, a, like, a depraved French sex farce. It right, was really... Right, right. It was really crazy. And, and, and everybody... It's about a friend group of six people who, every time they get together, all their old psychological tapes play. Yes. I mean, tapes being the term, because it's, it, it was the 90s. You right, know, so right, right. people still had... Like, a couple of us still had cassettes. You yes, know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. And, um, and, and everybody, everybody... They blow each other's lives up whenever they're around each other. And now, in season two, certain people are trying to pick up different pieces. Right. And, and certain things happen. People go to new places. Like you said, there's divorces, there's marriages, there's separations. But now there's... it feels like people are moving forwards now. It feels like it's a more, you know, uh, like, reconciliatory vibe. It's like, it's like, yeah. oh, this is progress. Like, people are growing. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's trying to... They're, like, they're, they're, start, they're, they're starting to try to find what the truce would be. Yeah. It's like, it's like the middle... It's like World War II had just finished, and it's like, we've got to sign an armistice. You know what I mean? And so everybody's doing... Everybody's trying to figure out what's right. gonna... Where they, where they fit in the friend group now. One yeah. thing that people have commented on about this show is that it is an amazing ensemble cast. Like, we just saw it in that clip alone. I mean, you, you have so many great actors, not just comedic actors, but oh, actors. Yeah. You guys look like you have too much fun on set. We have, we have an absolute blast. Fred's, first, Fred Savage, first of all. You guys remember Kevin Fred Savage? Fred and I get to do scenes together all the time, and uh, Fred's in it. Kobe Smolders is in it from How I Met Your Mother. Right. She's brilliant. And, 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 and the other people in the cast are people who maybe you've not ever heard of, like J. Sue Park or Nat Faxon, are, are amazing. Annie Paris. We just have a really fantastic cast. And, we, and the thing is that when you make something up, if you improvise on, on set, which right. is always welcome, you'll hear Nick, who created the show, in the back, he'll heighten what you said. And then you'll improvise off of what he said, and then he'll heighten it again. It's fantastic. It just makes it just makes for a, a more fun time on set. Everybody's being collaborative all you, the time. You you are somebody who's doing extremely well, and you have for a long time in comedy. But what I've really enjoyed is watching you, you know, switch things up. You know, like like you're doing now with the suits. You yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. no no. Yeah, but, I'm, try, I'm trying to get into hosting. No, and, I mean, uh, I'm just, well, uh, I, I think <laughs> acting acting is better for you. Acting is. Uh, <laughs> Acting is better. <laughs> no, but, but really, what, what's been really great is I think a lot of people do not know 
that you were trained in, like, like the theater, like you, yeah, dramatic yes. acting. Yeah. And you, you started doing that. You said you, like, uh, I think it was at the beginning of la uh, last year, you said, I want to get into Shakespeare and I want to do a Jason Bourne movie. I want to be in action movies yeah. as well. Yeah. A lot of people were like, well, but you, you're the comedy guy. But now we've seen you, like, you did Predator and you acted in Shakespeare, like, you, you did a Shakespeare play. Like, is, 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 that, is that your true passion? Are it you is. going into it serious really, roles? It, re it really is my true passion. I, uh, not, not that I wouldn't do a television show. Not that I wouldn't do a television show. <laughs> Yeah, not that I'm not quitting uh, coming. <laughs> but I, I, um, I was, I'm a Shakespearean-trained actor. I, I went to go do formal acting training, and I always love that. Ibsen and Moliere and Shakespeare and all of that wonderful stuff. There's, some, there's so much to mine there right. as a performer. And so I'm, I'm trying to find my way back to more of that. And last year, I, I played Horatio uh, in Hamlet at the Public Theater opposite Oscar Isaac. And uh, it was... It was... It was, a, it was a dream come true. It was like coming home and a brand new dream coming true at the same time. And I just want to be able to do more of that. That's amazing. Know? Speaking of dreams coming true, um, my dream was to be in The Lion King, and I'm not. Um, <laughs> and I see, I see that you are, here, you I, are I, going I, to be in The Lion King. Oh, that, this one. It's, oh, it's I with, am. I am yeah. going to be in The Lion you, King. You are going to be in The Lion Look King. How the oh, did that happen? God. I, can I just say this for a second? Those cards felt really comfortable in my hands. I... <laughs> No, I, I, hey, listen. <laughs> but, the, but no, but on the real though, I'm super excited. I, I, I am really excited. Who, I, who are you playing? I'm playing. I'm playing one of the hyenas. I'm playing one of the hyenas. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm Cheech Marin or Ed. But I'm one of. I'm definitely not Whoopi. I'm definitely not Whoopi. <laughs> Definitely not Whoopi, right. but I'm one of the other ones, yeah. And that's, it's That's, like, properly exciting, because I don't know about you, but The Lion King is one of those movies that it, it defined a childhood for many oh, people. Oh, absolutely. It, it, defi it defined <coughs> college for me. But, um, <laughs> I, uh, but I, I, it, it was, it was really, it is, an, it's, a, it's such a humbling honor right. to be a part of an actual, like, a real American classic. And uh, I, in my mind, I just went, it would be like remaking Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Except for five million times better. I um, no, it's 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 so it's such a it's a part of a, a formative. It's such an important film in the formative part of so many people's right, lives. Right, right, right. And to have, did you guys see Jungle Book? Do you guys see the Jungle Book? The ju yeah. It looks better than the Jungle Book. That's not possible. It, it's a, it, there's, I, I, that's I, not possible. I, I, no, no, I, I'm have sorry. you seen Jungle Book? I have seen Jungle, Jungle Book. Looks amazing. No, this is. You understand? I said no. Turn, turn. It's better. It's better. It can't be better. No. There's a guy. There was a, the, one of the women. She was a, a PA on the movie, and and she was. I was looking at renderings in one of the rooms that one of the kind of imagination rooms, and there was a picture of a lion, a young lion, laying on a tree branch, taking a nap with a meerkat and a warthog. And she told me that her boyfriend came in and he was looking at this, this photorealistic like rendering and he's going, that's a, I mean, that's impossible. Those, I don't see the lion would eat the, <laughs> how's the, she goes, honey, it's a, it's not a photograph. It's a, oh yeah, uh, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like he did, he, he, it looked so real. It looked like a National Geographic photographer's like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, it, it's, it looks so real. It can't even, it's gonna, it's breathtaking. This is, this is gonna be amazing for you because it's, it's not just, um, it's not just gonna be the Lion King as well, but you're also in Toy Story 4 as well. Yeah. With you are, like you are just, you are, you are living through my childhood dream. This is what you are doing. No, because that, that's phenomenal. Toy yeah. Story is one of the most successful franchises ever. You're going to be time. playing a character there as well. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan Peele and I are in it together as partners. We're playing partners. Ah. Yeah. yeah.
it's great. Right in the middle of the movie, our two characters go to the sunken place, and uh, <laughs> it gets real dark in Toy Story 4. Um, no, it, it's, it was such a pleasure. Doing voiceover in an animated film is the best thing, because you can do... You, you can overact and chew up the scenery almost as much as you want because you'll never reach the 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 heights of what the right, what the, what right, the cartoon right. characters you can give your all to try to to try to match the character it's really fantastic where you know in in real life you want to get a little bit subtler every now and again but it, it Jordan and I and Jordan and I had the opportunity to act against each other in those movies very often you're by yourself yes doing the lines oh but you guys were in the booth, we were like in the booth the looking thing. at each other that's gonna be amazing and it was oh my god it's so much fun and Hanks and uh, all, you know Hanks and, and Tim Allen all the old Hank, you know Hanks the, like Tom Hanks like Tom uh, Tom Hanks yeah Tom oh, Hanks the rest of us the rest <laughs> of us you know, the Hank. rest of us have to say his full name yes, but Tom, I mean yeah, yeah Hanks, Hanks yeah. Go, go ahead you know. I'm Hanks. so Hanks, Hanks is also. I'm so you know Hanks is in it, and so yeah. is Alan. And yeah. um, you know I'm so close with this guy that I've <laughs> met one time for three seconds. Um, you know, <laughs> Dude, I'm so excited for you. Congratulations, season two, That's Friends from College, uh, Lion King, of course, Toy Story 4, and everything, man. Congratulations. I'm so you, happy. Man. You would, so you would make a great host of another show. Friends from College is available on Netflix. King and Michael Key, everybody. <laughs>